Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, Borok, did I ever tell you about the time that I met Maro? What do you mean, who is Maro? Why in the world would I be talking about a Canadian pop singer? You just looked that up on Wikipedia to troll me, didn't you? Greetings to all you planeswalkers and spellcasters from all parts of the multiverse. It is wonderful to see you have planeswalked to us here in the Unlucky Lounge in historic Manuscrew Manor for another episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master and denizen of this here local establishment. Joining me, as always, is the best in the business. He is a gentleman, he is a scholar, and he is more than just a 2-2 for 2. He is our very own bear tender, and his name is Borak. Borak, tell us, how are you feeling today? He might be a bear of few words, but the things he says are sweeter than honey. Now, in today's episode, we are going to go back to that storytelling element and give you a personal account of when I met the lead designer of one of those big names in the magic community, Mr. Mark Rosewater himself, also known as Maro. But before we get into our storytelling time, first, a little bit of housekeeping here in the Unlucky Lounge. First and foremost, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out at Believe.com or wherever you get your podcast downloads. They've got a series of great shows with so many different topics ranging from sports to cinema to lifestyle. No matter what your interests are, Believe has a show waiting for you. Also, this podcast is brought to you by our Patreon, Draft and Draft at Patreon.com. If you're getting any kind of enjoyment out of these great stories, feel free to check us out. We've got some great levels of patronage or Patreonage or whatever the actual word is, and it would be great for you to go and help us out. It does keep the lights on here in Monastery Manor. Also, this show is open for advertisement. If anyone out there wants to have their local brews sampled behind the bar here in the Unlucky Lounge, we're open to any distributors. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Local breweries, beer companies, Lagavulin Ale, whatever is out there that might think about, let's say, keeping the stores behind the bar supplied, we are willing and able to serve up your very own good brews along with our special kind of brews. With all that housekeeping out of the way, let's now get to the real meat of this episode. Now, if you play this game long enough, you probably will just happen to end up running into the big R&D man himself, Mr. Mark Rosewater. He attends some of those big conventions, San Diego Comic-Con in particular, and if you're active on Twitter, you can't help but sometimes just take a peek into what he's tweeting. He's got a lot of great insights, and his own podcast, Drive to Work, well, it's certainly on my download list and keeps me occupied every Friday when it comes out. But when it comes to people's stories of how they actually meet him, I like to think that my very own story is quite unique. And so, today, I tell that story. But to tell this tale, we need a progression. We need a story arc. 
and we are going to borrow from the game itself and use the turn order to tell this epic yarn. And to start that turn, well, we need to start with the untap step. So if you're not traveling about the multiverse or on any kind of road, I want you to go ahead and hold that drink up and let's go ahead and begin the untap step together. Ah, now that's the good stuff. Untap completed, let's go ahead and move to the upkeep. And for this story's upkeep, we need to put some context, some setting into how it was that I actually met Mark Rosewater in the first place. So imagine this, for the last five and a half years, I was actually working in the open ocean. You see, dear listeners, I worked as an entertainer on a luxury cruise line for the last five and a half years. Think of me kind of as a modified game show host. I would run a bunch of individual events throughout the day, from trivias to game shows, cooking classes, drawing classes, dance parties. I was the fun bringer. I loved every second of doing this job. But I got to a point where I needed to find a new part of my life. And that kind of brings me here to this podcast. This whole show is my way of staying artistic and creative despite the fact that I just moved away from my main source of just that. Regardless of this background, we have everything in place for kind of envisioning where the actual draw of the story comes into play. That draw being how I end up meeting one of the most prolific names in magic design history. That in mind, let's go ahead and move into the draw step. So I want you to picture this, dear listeners. It's a large, circular room with seating for about 200 people. It's maybe the size of, say, a tiny cafeteria, plush though filled with carpeting and comfortable seating for welcoming families of all types and sizes to come on in and enjoy any types of daily activities. It was a Wednesday, on a port day. And when it comes to port day afternoons, a lot of the complement of people that go onto cruise ships, well, quite frankly, they're out at port, or maybe just coming back after a long day in the sun, they gotta get some deprocessing time. You go back to the room, take a shower, maybe even a little mid-afternoon nap. But it's on these little times that, well, our cruise director needs for us to fill in the entire complement of day's activities, which includes sometimes putting in events that aren't necessarily very well attended, but still there for anyone that still wants to stay active on their day. In this afternoon, we were hosting a bingo. Not a really large stakes kind of bingo operation with it being an afternoon port day type of event, but it's another chance to try and fill out the compliment for our bingo loyal players to get another chance to best our bingo machine and take home some big bingo bucks. In any case, it was a light trickling of a line. Every once in a while, you would get a person coming on up to check the kind of prices that we had to offer when suddenly a gentleman of no consequence mentally to me walks up and asks about the bingo prices. I give him the whole spiel that I'd given 100, 200 times before. This seemingly random individual buys $30 worth of bingo cards. I ask for their shipborne card to place the charge onto. 
I take the card and swipe it through the machine. And it takes me a second for it to register. But sure enough, the name Mark Rosewater pops up on the screen. It actually takes me a second to register this name. Well, at first, it was disbelief. No way. Are the fates telling me that the very same guy who has prefaced the last 15 years of my life with fun and engaging card game play was on the very same ship as me? There was no way. This must have been another person with the name Mark Rosewater. But on the slight off chance that maybe, just maybe, this was the very same person, well, I had to be sure. And so, as soon as I get a chance, I step backstage and pull out my own personal phone. I turn on the Wi-Fi, which, working on a cruise ship, means I'm actually spending some amount of dollars to simply send a message via Facebook Messenger. I pull up one of my best friends, who is what I might call the master of the internet. I quickly send him a message asking, what has Mark Rosewater been tweeting lately? I was very lucky that he was actually online at the same time that I was sending this message, and quickly he replies that Mark Rosewater had not been tweeting in the last few days. My mind raced. It could be. It might just be. He's been on the same cruise ship as me for the last four days. I had to know for sure. I went to our assistant cruise director who did a, let's say, reconnaissance for me. He came back to me and said, absolutely, this was the very same guy. Unbelievable. And I thought to myself, how funny is it that I was probably the only person on the entire ship who actually knew who this guy was. I mean, call me a nerd, but it was pretty cool for me. Now that I knew for sure that the very own head of R&D was on my very same luxury cruise liner with his family, I had to get to the main crux of what I was going to do about this. So let's go ahead and move to the main phase. You see, friends, on our ship, there is a precedence for trying to, let's say, enhance the guest experience, something known as a magical moment. And in this case, I felt it was apropos. Basically, I rubbed a lot of elbows to try and get some free comp tickets for the Rosewater family. This included uh, a special event meet and greet. I got them some free passes for a private island adventure, and I also wrote a little note and delivered to their stateroom. I wanted a chance to express just exactly how much appreciation I had for all the work that he does. But I actually had to wrestle a lot emotionally with whether or not I was going to express this openly. You see, I knew part of the reason why people come on the cruise is to escape the daily fervor of their life, be it work, school, or anything in between. I had this thought in my head that maybe by bringing up how much I appreciated all the work that he did with Magic the Gathering that I was going to bring him back to that workspace and I did not want to do that whatsoever. But I decided to make the choice to write a note and express how I felt for one very important reason. Life in this day and age is so much harder than it's ever been before. 
I believe this is true financially, socially, economically, morally. And these are all good things. We're challenging. We're investigating. We're not sitting back on what's been true for decades and generations. We're reinventing what life should be. I think that is so amazing. But also in the same vein, I also think it's more important than ever for us to be able to reach out and show each other appreciation, to give praise where praise is due. And so that all led me to making the choice to reach out, to leave a note, to make a magical moment out of this and try and make this more than just a vacation, but rather make this whole week's worth of cruising a memory that would last forever. Now, I wasn't sure if me getting comp tickets would lead to this kind of magical memory. I wasn't fully convinced, but I was way more convinced once we moved to a particularly interesting engagement, and that's going to bring us into the attack step. Now, as I mentioned before, my job responsibilities were more than simply selling bingo cards. I was a game show host of sorts, and one of those duties would actually intertwine with the Rosewater family. It was a game show that was kind of a variety show mixed with a marriage narrative where myself and another fellow actress acted as a married couple from an antiquated time. We would bicker back and forth and get a lot of audience engagement through trivia, through different kinds of relay races and games and name that tune kind of activities. And as fate would have it, the Rosewater family wandered into that very same game show that I was hosting this cruise. I was nervous. I had done this show so many times. I knew it like the back of my hand. And yet, when you know somebody in that audience, your mind just completely changes. Think like when you play a game of magic. You're playing and you know how the game goes, you know the right play, but then there's something else that's at hand, some other factor. Maybe your friends are watching over your shoulder or you know the stakes are just a little bit higher. You gotta keep some kind of focus. And for me, my focus, my chill, was gone. Thankfully, I was not alone in the show. As I mentioned, this was a marriage type of show. I had a co-host. Now this particular co-host was someone I had not worked with all that often. We had done this show maybe a handful of times, but we were still in the discovery phase, trying to figure out how this show was going to work with her and I as the married couple. Now I told her who it was that came in. Of course she had no idea who I was talking about, but she knew this person meant a lot to me. And thankfully she kind of felt that I had this different kind of energy, the nerves, the excitement, yet the trepidation. But there was something else that this female co-host was. She was opportunistic. This was an opportunity that was not going to pass by me, and she was going to take my hand both metaphorically and physically and drag me through this show to make sure that the Rosewater family would have a great time. The game show was in the same rounded, comfortable family room that that fateful bingo was in just a few days earlier. The lights went up, 
the ballyhoo music starts to spew out from the speakers, and her and I make our entrance into the space. And lo and behold, Mark and his whole family sitting right there in the front row. And I putting on this ridiculous New York accent, sounding like some random dude who was a combination of Godfather, yet only kind of knows what an actual New York accent is like. Yes, friends, I'm not very good at accents, but that was what I was presenting to the entire room. If I ever had an opportunity to question every artistic choice that I had made in my life, well, I'll tell you what, this game show provided me that opportunity. Every single choice I thought way harder about than I normally did. Every movement, every pan, every look, every joke, I had this second thought about. It's funny, I trained as an actor, got my degree in theater, but it isn't until you realize that someone who actually looks at shows and game designs from a different perspective might be watching your work that you start to question your own work both subtly and thoroughly at this same time. All that being said, this was not a show that was meant to be taken so seriously. It's a farce. It's a hilarious play back and forth with these marriage characters and the families that were sitting inside the room. The game show continues on. We find ways to get the entire audience to interact with us, starting with trivia games, moving to a name that tune round, but then we get to round number three. Now let me tell you, dear listeners, what round number three is all about. While we ourselves are wearing these strange huntsman-woodsman-type costumes, we can't go without letting some of the people in the audience that have the same kind of fun. So round number three is a relay race between a tall and a small participant, i.e. a kid and an adult. We get the adults to dress up in these ridiculous dwarf-like hats and vests as the kids run back and forth trying to retrieve these plastic gems to place onto a large wall that's located on the stage. And, well, as much as I would have no nerve to make this choice, gratefully my co-host was actually on the same side that the Rosewater family was on, and she knew exactly the right play to make. She grabbed Mr. Mark Rosewater and brought him onto the stage to get him to dress up as this weird, strange, huntsman-slash-dwarf-like character. And so it was on. He got that hat and vest on like a champion as the rest of his family cheered him on from the audience as these gems were rocketed back and forth to fill up on this strange wall in a very surreal situation that I know I will never forget. Let's just say me and my co-host were just like a red sorcery, and we both seized the day. Well, now that that not-so-subtle, quite aggressive magic comparison is out of the way, let's move on to main phase two, the aftermath of this whole game show situation. There was only about two days left after the game show completed, and I actually didn't see Mark or the whole Rosewater family, and that's fine with me. Vacations can be busy, especially when you're on it with your family. So I went about my normal business, and that normal business was, of course, whatever the company asked for me to do. But we got to the final day of the cruise. 
It was a random moment, nothing particularly exciting happening, when I felt my shipborne phone buzz. I picked it up and didn't recognize the number. Bora, dude, I'm getting to that right now. Um, it's something called dramatic tension. Excuse me, I do not ramble on and on. My stories are succinct. Okay. Touche, Borak. Yes, the person calling me was in fact Morrow himself, Mark Rosewater. He wanted to take a moment to extend his appreciation for what I did for him and his family. And he offered to sit down and talk with me for 15 minutes. I hastily took the opportunity and we ended up sitting at the coffee joint on the ship and we were talking for 45 minutes. He spent 45 minutes of his vacation on the last day of cruising, which if any of you out there have ever cruised before know that the last day can be a bit of a crazy busy day. He was willing to take that time and talk with me. And that is going to bring us all the way to the end step of this story. And this is where I want to draw on two conclusions that I made from this story. The first one is something that I like to call the celebrity appearance theory. Now, I had known what Mark Rosewater looked like for the longest time. He's one of the big iconic faces in the game itself. He's kind of our public spokesperson. But I was still surprised that I did not spot him until at least more than midway through this cruise. Now, most of the time, when we get these big-name celebrities on the ship, we're given a heads-up. And in that, we know what to look for. We know who to look for. Since Morrow wasn't necessarily a name that most common people would know, we weren't given a heads-up. And for that being true, I didn't recognize him in passing until at least a few days into his cruise experience. And so here's my theory, dear listeners. Most celebrities can actually hide in plain sight. Now, there are some exceptions to this rule. Say you're a Scarlett Johansson, Jennifer Aniston, Chris Pines, Chris Evans, Chris Helmsworth, or any other celebrity with the first name of Chris. <laughs> well, those celebrities would probably be recognized, the ones that make multi-million dollars on a single film. But when it comes to, let's say, lesser publicized or not so prevalent in the zeitgeist kind of celebrities, they can actually find their way into large crowds without being noticed. Now, I'm not a big name dropper, but my good friend, Neil Patrick Harris, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but he actually did sail on this very same ship at one point. And it wasn't until about four days into the cruise where guests around him started to recognize that he was there. Typically, the staff, we know if a big celebrity sails, and we would try to keep it on the down low as much as possible. They want to have vacation too, and we want them to have a nice experience. Which connects back to my personal struggle from earlier that I talked about this episode in reaching out to Mark Rosewater in the first place. Now, if any listeners out there are currently creating your very own set of magic cards based on this podcast, the celebrity theory, make it a world enchantment. I think that would flavorfully fit exactly the way I'd want it to. But here comes the second conclusion that I drew from this whole story. I really, really appreciated the time that Mark Rosewater spent with me. 
I can only imagine the number of times he's probably been accosted in, say, a grocery store, at a magic convention, or in any number of random instances in his life. And the fact that he reached out to me and spent just a little bit of his vacation to give me some time, I really appreciate it. It's wonderful to see when these big faces, the celebrities, the spokespeople of the things that you love, turn out to be as actual and authentic and as genuine as they're being made out to look like. So I take this moment to say thank you, Mark Rosewater, and thank you for being such a good role model in this gaming community. Although, I have been waiting for you to share this story about this fun experience on your podcast. I know you've shared vacation stories before. So I decided, instead of waiting for it, why not start up my own podcast so I could tell the story myself? Well, that ends the turn here on this special story time of Draft and Draft, but I want the story to continue. Look me up on Twitter and tweet at me. I'm Draft and Draft Corey. Tell me about your very own stories of when you met Mark Rosewater. Maybe it was at a convention. Maybe it was wandering about. But I would love to know how your own stories intersect with this, and perhaps we'll share some in the future. You can also find us on Patreon, Draft and Draft, a MTG podcast. And if you choose to contribute, we would appreciate it so much. There are so many different tiers. Everyone that joins will get their name shouted out on the podcast. Certain levels, you'll get access to our Discord as well. And at certain tiers, myself and our very own Bear Tender Borak will even create a personalized message for you. I mean, what else can I say? But bears are thirsty for support from patrons like you. But most importantly, we just want you to join us here inside of the Unlucky Lounge as we tell some fun magic stories and peer into the past. So hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, and simply tune in. Well, I don't know about you, but I've found the end of my bottle, and so we've reached the end of this episode. Until next time, go and brew up some memories of your own. My name is Corey, and thanks for listening to Draft and Draft. We'll see you all again next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.